This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Dead Life. It's how we live, 24-7-365. Check me. Gas station glasses, don't care what the masses think about me with my sweet goatee. I'm rocking my doctors with the coven of crease. I got that St. John's bed and the clip for my piece. I look nice. I got dozens of dollars and that's right. It goes straight to my daughters and my wife. Hello, welcome to the Kentucky Dad Podcast, Big Blue Drew. We are keep rolling with season two, so I appreciate if you're listening. Um, last time we had TJ Walker from Kentucky Roll Call on, so if you haven't checked that one out, please go back and get your um, podcast. You know what they say on anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Um, and the nice thing about the Dad Podcast is, too, go check it out. There's, it's not really timely, you know, it's not really tied to real-time sports or current events or anything, just conversation about dad life and then some some as well just sports we'll, we'll throw in there but again not timely we started off with tj beisner i think it's been like almost 18 months now maybe going on two years and we've had some cool people on so please check it out and um we're rolling with season two and i'm really excited for this one again i'm kind of going back and getting some of my some of my top people my guys and um I labeled this person tonight the the soul of the BBN, and I truly mean it. So if, if you're on Twitter and stuff, I'm sure you know um, Terry Brown from Cats Talk Wednesday with uh, Vinny Hardy. So what's up, Terry? Man, I'm just uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me back on. I'm I'm doing pretty good. I cannot complain. Good, man. Well, thank you. No, yeah, you were absolutely on the top of the list when I wanted to kind of roll back through season two. And that being said, I do have some uh, kind of some new blood coming on here, too. I locked in some guests that I'm excited about. Some really, um, I'm not going to spoil it on this, but like a low-key, like, top member of, like, BBN for basketball and stuff, kind of like very low-key. So that'll be hopefully coming up maybe sometime around uh, Derby Week or, you know, mid-May. So tune in um, to the Dad Podcast. Again, appreciate everyone listening. So First, man, to kick it off, Terry, so um, I know you've been on once before, so we're kind of just keeping more of a loose format with season two, but just remind us a little bit um, just about your family makeup, and I know you had a lot of uh, recent life events and stuff, so just catch us up on the Brown family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got remarried back in October uh, and moved uh, not all the way across the country, but moved to Iowa of all places. So uh, I took Kevin Costner's advice, and I did come to Iowa. So wait, real uh, quick, when did you move to Iowa? Because I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I moved uh, right when I got married, October of 2021. Okay. So, yeah, so I, I moved out here. I got remarried. So now I'm doing the long-distance dad thing, which has added a, another wrinkle. Sure. <laughs> so it's been a little bit of a challenge, but I think uh, we're navigating that uh, pretty darn well. So it's been uh, six months uh, yesterday, no, a couple days oh, ago, wow. getting married. So uh, yeah, so doing doing good, doing real good. Well, congrats, man. That's, that's really neat, getting moving, getting married. Um, and I'll say this too, I wanted to kind of maybe we'll start there. So I know, um, so I actually lived in Florida for about 10 years, South Florida. So was pretty young. I guess I basically lived down there for maybe like 18 to 28 or something like that. 
Um, but the reason I bring that up is because, you know, being separated from my parents and, you know, everyone I kind of knew at a young age, I found that in ways it strengthened the relationships because you kind of cut out a lot of the smaller stuff and um, you really kind of um, focus on maximizing the time that you do get kind of cutting to the chase and everything. So I don't know, just, just share your experience with that. Cause at the same time, I know that has to be extremely difficult, all those miles between you and your girls. Well, you know, luckily uh, we're in this modern age. So FaceTime and texting, I, I get those quite frequently. So I'm still able to participate uh, even from this distance. And, and like you said, those times I'm able to, to make it back uh, to uh, Kentucky and, and, and see the girls. Uh, it, it's, it, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that we say all the time, but it's really uh, quality over quantity. It's what can you do in that time? Because uh, like you said, you, you kind of cut to the chase. It's not so much they're tired of me, I'm tired of them, but we're really intentional with what we do with the time we do have together. So I think that, I, I think that's, uh, uh, that's a very good point. Well, between you and Katie too. So again, if you follow Terry, um, what is your handle, Terry? It's T Brown underscore 80. That's T Brown underscore eight zero on Twitter.com. Well, you don't need any more followers anyway. We're going to talk about your viral moments too. Don't let me forget. Um, but, <laughs> but, but kind of back to you and your, and your new bride. I mean, I think anybody can see from social media that you guys have, you know, such a special connection and I'm sure that, um, you know, it's definitely not, I would say your, your textbook connection, you know, with, I guess you guys meeting later in life, you obviously having a couple kids. So that's amazing, man. And I, I've just seen several posts and stuff, not even just the viral one, which if, if you don't know, Terry had a, a super viral post um, that was reposted by Twitter um, kind yeah. of a, about his love life. Um, <laughs> essentially. Um, so yeah, I just, um, I always, I sent, again, I kind of see things and just, um, you know, really happy for you and to be appreciative because it seems so genuine. Uh, absolutely. And uh, I've got an 18 year old stepson. So I stepped in the, I, it's not like I have to raise him or anything. He's, you know, he's mm -hmm. a senior in high school doing his own thing. But uh, yeah, it's a really good relationship that we have. And it started out being long distance. So again, it goes back to I was in Kentucky. Uh, she was in Iowa. And we really had to make that time count. You know, if you're FaceTime and you just can't sit there in awkward silence, right? You've got to talk through things. You really got to uh, again, be intentional with your conversation. So uh, that's what really strengthened us and got us to this point. All right. Well, I definitely got to touch there, man, because I'm just putting myself in your shoes. And how has that gone with kind of um, taking on, you know, a, a late teenage stepson? Because this is literally like the script for so many movies and stuff. <laughs> well, you know, when, when I first met Kate, he was 14 going on 15. So you know, it's not like we had to go play catch or anything like that. It was basically just meeting the young man where he is, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I told him fairly early on, you know, I'm not trying to replace your father. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just another person that's going to be there for you in his corner. So uh, he's got school events. He's in the marching band and, and things nice. like that. So I go and uh, I support, I've been, you know, band dad, uh, helping uh -huh. the, uh, helping the band folks get their plumes. And I think that's what they're called. The plumes in there, uh, uh and their little hats there and, and helping their, uh, everything like that. So I, I just try to be hands-on like that. I think the biggest mistake parents can make, or one of the biggest is trying to fit your kids into a mold that you have pre-planned. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when you have your own kids, you think, Oh, I've got this daughter, I've got this son, this is what they're going to be. 
and you just got to meet them with what their interests are. Like uh, for my girls, you know, I'm a diehard basketball fan, right? And the girls played basketball when they were younger and I was, I, I helped coach and, and different things, but they don't want to do basketball. They do field hockey and lacrosse. So I've had to recalibrate and, and it's worked out great because when they're doing field hockey and lacrosse, I can just go be dad, right? I can just go cheer. I can, you know, whatever, whatever. But if it was, if they were doing basketball, it would be different, right? I don't think I'd be able to, to turn off that, that little switch. Like, you know, you should have hit the open man after you, right. you know, I, I would, I would be doing that. And, and so it's kind of forced me to like, Hey, they're interested in this. I'm just going to support them. You know, I tried to dive, head first into learning. I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to try to learn the nuts and bolts. I'm just going to support them. You know, win, lose, tie, draw. I'm just going to be dad. That's what I'm going to do. We've talked about that several times too, about how your daughters were to more alternate sports and even proactive effort that you put in um, to get them involved in alternate sports, even with Kentucky. I know you talked about things like gymnastics and mm -hmm. going to different things like that. And you're so right, because as I'm the kind of the opposite, even though I have um, tried to take some of your advice, but my daughter's exactly that, like uh, blinders on basketball, basketball, basketball. And um, you're right. Like she can have a great play and we can be in the car. I'm like, Oh, that was an awesome play. Uh, but you traveled in the ref didn't call it or something like that. Like you just right. have, you just have to interject. <laughs> you, know, you know to be right um and I'm pretty fortunate I think my daughter does know that I do it from a from a place of love and support but I always thought that was cool those conversations that we had about um you know your and because not only um you know your daughter's playing the sports but I've learned you know as a, as a girl dad myself like to uplift the the young ladies playing or the women playing yeah, absolutely I think that people really sleep on that and I'm a I will really get uh, up in arms about uh I understand if women's basketball is you know not a preference of a male sports viewer but just to not give it a try and especially to make fun of it I, I'll go to war over that because women's basketball is an awesome game if you give it a chance right and, and if you look around just at the University of Kentucky the women's sports from uh the women's basketball team winning the SEC tournament first time since 1980. The gymnastics team has been a top 25 program. Uh, so has softball. So has women's track. You look at Abby. I keep saying Abby, it's Abby Steiner, right? Because Stimler played is volleyball, but look at mm -hmm. volleyball and the success volleyball's had. You, you look at uh, just all the, the, the female athletes at the University of Kentucky and it's like, if you exclude that, you're missing out not just on, you know, good young women, but they're very much at the top of their field, you know, uh, the right. Sydney McLaughlin's, those kind of the Ryan Howard, number one overall pick, you know, the, you, you've got to pay attention to all of it. And even if your daughter uh, isn't playing those sports, it still means something if you pay attention to it, you know, um, and, and that's what I've tried to do with my girls is look. Yes, I'm all in on my cats when it comes to, you know, Coach Cal and those guys and Coach Stoops, but I also pay attention to all the other athletes as well. Right, right. Yeah, and I think it, it's, um, it's important to try to, you know, do your best, I guess, to well-round your child, and, and you're mm -hmm. right. I think that um, we all probably fall guilty of kind of steering them down a certain path because, you know, it's a, it's a fine line, right? Sometimes you have to if they're kind of like, oh, I want to – you know, I don't, I don't think I need school. Well, then we might have to, you know, throw them back <laughs> right. and check a little bit. But uh, I know we're both lucky, though. And, and I say this a lot, too, that raising teenage girls is so difficult. And I know we both come from the same place. And we have great kids. 
Like we have awesome kids <laughs> and it Absolutely. still, you know, just presents all the challenges and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, let's see what else I have on my list. So, um, uh, so okay, so I already mentioned your, your one viral tweet. Um, but was it, uh, okay, so it was, you were announcing that you kind of met Katie on Twitter, correct? And Twitter retweeted that. How many, what was the stats on that sucker? Yeah, basically it was uh, for our, when we got engaged in 2020. Uh, just, and the thing was about it, I had already sent out a tweet like, Hey, she said yes. And it got a couple of hundred likes, whatever, you know? Uh, but I did the, uh, I did screenshots of our first interaction, uh, did the SpongeBob three years later, and then showed a picture of us being engaged. The funny thing was, uh, we got engaged, uh, overlooking, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, over, uh, the, the high point overlooking the town and sent out the first tweet and then we were like let's get pizza okay so i made the other tweet this the spongebob like tweet uh while we we're waiting for our pizza get done didn't oh, think wow. anything of it like okay it's silly and all of a sudden it got to ten thousand likes mm. i'm like all right okay and we watched a movie the phone was just going crazy i put it on silent i go to sleep it's at fifty thousand likes uh, wake up the next day, it's 120,000 likes. And it ended up right now, it's got 529,000 likes and 53,000 retweets. Uh, as you said, the original Twitter account uh, retweeted it. It's popped up on like these BuzzFeed articles. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done some interviews for... Uh, uh, different things. I forget which news it was there in Louisville, but we've done all this stuff. And uh, I'll be honest with you. It was a little weird. Cause I was like, you know, I've seen, we all know about the milkshake duck where you see a heartwarming story and, and somebody did, you know, they dig into the person's past. And I'm like, uh, I've tweeted, I've tweeted some crazy stuff. I don't want that to pop up, but it was a really good thing. It was, you know, it was 2020. It was before the, uh, 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 pandemic the, well the pandemic was going on we didn't have the vaccines and the boosters and people just really needed a really good story mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the responses you know people had met their spouse like in unconventional ways right oh, there's sure, a lot of these yeah. stories there and of all the interactions maybe like one or about one or two maybe three of of you know negative most of it was uh just so positive so uh, every now and then I'll just go back to that tweet and look at it and just be like, man, you know, there is some good in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, as the author of a viral tweet myself, I can say that it's definitely like you mentioned, just standing in line, eating pizza. I mean, I was in a Dairy Queen drive through line when I did mine. And I think mine, it's funny, dude, we, the, we're, we're, you know, my last name's Brown as well. So we have, we got something going with this. So between just those two tweets, because um, mine, I think, sits at about 330,000 likes. And you're right. It's just, you know, it's incredible because normally you put out a tweet, you know, your, your phone buzzes a few times. It's like, nice. And then, man, so, that, so that's kind of wild. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to take some credit for that. Although mine was like zero talent, anything like that. It was just the, the guy at Dairy Queen, not, not stocking the Reese's properly, but people, <laughs> the people want what they want, you know? Yeah. Well, you can't, you can't plan a viral tweet. Right. That's the thing. You know, you see people try a little too hard on that kind of stuff. And, you know, like, like I said, this one was just a simple one. It was the second one. I was bored waiting for pizza and then boom, 
And so, uh, and so that, that was, like I said, that was a really, really cool experience. Well, what's crazy is too, because I mean, you say viral, I mean, I would consider the average Joe, you know, probably you hitting, you know, five figures, that's pretty viral, but it's, I mean, you could, it's pretty crazy. Like when the numbers that ours got to, I mean, you could, there are some insane accounts that have probably never gotten anywhere near that amount of interaction. So it really blows my mind and something else that I find hilarious too. So I think mine ended up with like 10 or 11 million impressions and yeah. six followers gained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the way it goes uh, sometimes uh, uh, as well. But uh, that was, you know, my, my, the tweet I had pinned previous to that was one for my dad that I think topped out about 40,000 likes. It was a nice. great story about my dad. So my two biggest tweets for my dad and my wife. So I can't think of, of anything better than that. I definitely wish I would have, cause you know, you have the, that's what's hilarious about it too, is you just have the random, you know, just put something out. It, it maybe goes viral, but then that second one, you're supposed to follow up with the SoundCloud joke or something like that. So I, I wish I would have put a little more thought into that, but just one more uh, real quick, we'll start wrapping up on the viral tweets, but I feel like uh, you had another one too, right? Uh, I had one, uh, I've had a couple get over 10,000 likes. Because I feel uh, like what, I heard Vinny once recently, and I never ended up seeing it, where he, uh, like, the topic of Cat Stock Wednesday was that uh, TB goes viral again. <laughs> it, was, it was the Anthony Davis tweet. I just, I was watching, uh, like, classic sports one day, and it was just a random, it was the Kentucky-South Carolina game of that 2012 season. And I took a screenshot where he had more blocks than, like, every other team in the, uh, in the country. Mm -hmm. And I just put out there, I was like, man, AD was just different or something like it was something simple like that. Like, look at this. And it, it took off uh, and got a, got a mind of its own as well. Again, just one of those random things, you know, you're sitting uh, kind of asphalting around on Twitter and, and it, and it kind of blows up again. So I've had a couple uh, uh, do like that, but nothing quite like the engagement tweet. Hey, we can, we can take a little credit. You know, like I said, the people want what they want, and, and sometimes we deliver on that. Um, but, again, thanks for listening Kentucky Dad Podcast. Got Terry Brown on from Cats Talk Wednesday. Where can everybody check out – like, where can you listen to Cats Talk Wednesday? Uh, you, can check, uh, you can check us out wherever you get your podcast, Cats Talk Wednesday. You can even we, – we've transitioned to video. If you've got a Roku device, you can type in BS3. That's the network we're on. You can search that, and you can find us. And – uh, we are on Twitter, Cats Talk WED, and Facebook as well. So is it, you can watch it live too, right? Is it live? It is, it is not live, uh, but once we record it and it drops, you can catch it pretty much after we get done. We record for 6 to 8 uh, p.m. Uh, on Wednesdays, and, and generally about 8.15 or so, we're, we're good to go. All right, I just, this is just a, a random question. I was looking a little bit at my notes, and I was going to give a quick Thunder over Louisville recap. Um, but my question now is going to be, what is, I don't say equivalent to Thunder over Louisville and Iowa like a fireworks show, but like just give us like a, uh, a, a town festival or, or what do we got going out there in Iowa? Well, this weekend, I'm glad you brought that up. This weekend, uh, actually in here in Des Moines, is the Drake Relays. It is a huge, huge uh, track and field, uh, I won't say festival, but uh, event that goes from Thursday to Sunday. And the reason it is so big for Kentucky fans is 
Uh, Kentucky coach Lonnie Green is going to the Drake Relays Hall of Fame. So this is a big deal when it comes to, to track and field. And we kind of touched on earlier how uh, the UK track team has done so well, even with Coach Florial even. Uh, Coach Green steps in, and they still maintain that top program status. So he's getting recognized this weekend. So uh, the Drake Relays uh, here in Des Moines, probably the biggest uh, kind of festival uh, event, if you want to call it that, uh, that they have here. Obviously, there's the Field of Dreams, which is about an hour and a half uh, away. But uh, yeah, the Drake Relays, it's a big deal. Hey, that's a nice teaser, too, because that kind of alluded to um, a low-key nice basketball guest, but also has a little track tie-in, too, um, to a guest we're going to have over the next few weeks. So maybe if um, you know, you know, or you can put some pieces together and figure it out. But I'm, I'm excited about that. So good stuff, good stuff. Uh, all right, Thunder of Louisville recap. So First, I have to start here, man. I'm a big, big Thunder Over Louisville fan. Like, I'm just very fortunate. My dad and any weather would take us, you know, out to that thing. So we have tons of great stories now, even if there was some miserable days. So actually, when I, when I lived in Florida, Terry and, and my wife were like, we didn't make a literal pros and cons list. But like Thunder Over Louisville type stuff was very high on the pro list because where we lived in um, Fort Myers or Southwest Florida, there's just no sense of community. Everyone's a transplant from somewhere in the Northeast, escaping the snow or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, just, just the, your regular average, you know, Florida psychopath, things like that. So that kind of tie into the community was big for me. And another thing is um, I actually had the, talking about viral tweets. This tweet um, they put on wave three last year and I have a screenshot of it. And it was essentially saying that every time I've witnessed a fighter jet breaking the sound barrier, I just like giggle like a little girl. Like I just cannot help it. I think that is one of the coolest things I ever saw. I thoroughly enjoy the bright sunny day. It was hot as hell here in um, Louisville for Thunder, which is very rare. The warmest Thunder ever, Terry, actually. You might find that interesting. I, I saw that. I still I still keep track of my hometown, and I, I'm a big Thunder fan myself. We used to go uh, quite quite frequently down there to the Belvedere. And, uh, you know, you watch the, the – um, the planes do their thing, the air show, and then you get to those fireworks. There's nothing like that rumble that you get from being right on the river uh, once the fireworks start doing their thing. Man, amen, dude. And I, so I got the chance on Saturday, I guess, to see probably about three or four passes from, you know, like a legit fighter jet when they, you know, they do their little routine. So love it, love it, love it. As soon as I see it once, I'm like, worth coming down here, no matter how, what kind of day it ends up being. But, and, and um, it, definitely if you know me at all, you know that missing um, one of my daughter's AU basketball games is like not on the table, not going to happen. But I was kind of like teetering all week, like, where am I going to go? I love that. What am I going to do? And then I remember my son, who's now just three, has never missed the Thunder. So I, I was like, you know, I'm, maybe that's something we're going to do every year is like mom will take that AAU weekend and, and I'll spend the day with them. Um, soon to be, I guess, my three sons. So, so that plan might be scratched already, Terry, because you, you know I got the twins coming. So That's right. Uh, update on them, man. Mom's a warrior. Just cannot even imagine it is twice as difficult. To, you know, double the amount of um, stress and exhaustion and all that. And um, she hates it when I tease her too, Terry, because I can just think of stuff like, you know, you have like, 40 fingers and toes in your belly right now and like <laughs> stuff like that just like cringy stuff like hey you, have, you know there's three hearts in your body um th <laughs> things of that nature so it's just all around with no twins having ever been in either family um it's just still such like a foreign concept to us but it'll get real real quick oh absolutely absolutely all right let's see what else we got here um 
What about post-COVID stuff? So I know that, um, you know, kind of getting out of that and moving at the same time, like, have you, um, do things seem normal to you? Does the world seem different? Like, is there anything that you couldn't do that now you're doing? Uh, for us, it's been, uh, we're, we've ventured out, we're vaxxed and boosted and, and, and just going out. Uh, Des Moines, surprisingly enough, it's, it's like Louisville. It's a, it's a triple A city. It's, it's, it's a smaller than Louisville, uh, uh, population and, uh, and and size and everything like that, but it has a very similar feel. There's a river. Uh, again, it's AAA. The uh, I Cubs were just yep. in Louisville to play the the Bats, and actually, weirdly enough, last year I saw the Bats here in uh, uh, Iowa. Nice. <laughs> we went to a game and, and watched that. So different things like that. So it's getting, uh, I would say, back to normal. I'm I'm learning uh, my new uh, my new city my new state a little bit. Uh, I've gone to uh, University of Iowa. Got to watch Caitlin Clark. You know, we're talking about women's mm-hmm. sports earlier. Got to watch her ball out uh, in Iowa City and hoping to catch a football game, which they do the wave. I'm I'm not sure if you've seen that. Uh, no, uh, I don't think so. Hey, and but, real quick too, I'll, I'll yeah. interject that. Um, Iowa's got a low-key good good hoops culture too, man, out there. Yes. Because I know that, like, if you're not familiar and you may be just, you know, online watching highlight tapes and stuff, Courtside Films, I think it's called, they're based out of Iowa. I've, like, shot photos next to several of their people, and they're, like, you know, ball is life type people. You know, I would say they're one of the top accounts, and obviously they follow a ton of, you know, local talent, and Iowa's got some hoopers, man. Well, if you, if you look at the uh, Wooden Award nominees – you had Keegan Murray, Murray from Iowa, and of course Asha Shibwe from Kentucky, Ryan Howard from Kentucky, and Caitlin Clark from Iowa. So four out of the six finalists were either Kentucky or Iowa folks. So uh, I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, we had an interesting time with the Citrus Bowl, <laughs> with <laughs> Iowa taking on. I was in yeah, one right. room, the wife was in the other. So that was a little little interesting. Uh, there, but uh, the Iowa folks they love stoops, you know, stoops, yes, stoops, stoops too. Played. I know, man, that's funny, uh, and, and they uh, are appreciating what, what he's doing. I think of two, isn't Iowa? I don't know why I can, I'm pretty sure I related something to Tommy Boy on the last um episode, too, potentially. But with the map thing, when he's like it's 22 miles away, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that um, that's also the Iowa. So that that's a really great ad by me for the state of Iowa there. So I oh yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, you know, you, you kind of forget you kind of forget about Iowa as a state. You know, because there's not a whole lot that it's known about it. But it, once you get here, it's not half bad. I've I've enjoyed myself. Yeah, and I think difference cool too. I know that when I've went out, kind of that part, I've been to Kansas and stuff a few times. Like you live in Kentucky, right? And like you can barely, unless they blew up a mountain, there wouldn't be an expressway. So you very rarely get, you know, unless it's a farm, like you can't see that far, right? But when you go out there, I'm sure there's spots where you can just see, you know, it's so flat that it's like intriguing. Yes. Yes, it is, it is. It is very flat. It is very windy. The winter was very cold. It is, it is different here, but I'm, I'm adjusting fairly well. Nice, nice. Uh, well, I've given um, at least the um, TJ on the, the first episode of season two the opportunity kind of just to wrap up final basketball thoughts and obviously just brutal ending the Kentucky season, kind of just the wheels falling off, losing the 15th seeded St. Peter's in Indy. So um, I know you typically err on the um, optimist side, I would say, Terry, but what's kind of your like 30,000 feet view or high level um, take on basketball this year? Uh, not quite as bad uh, as, as, you know, kind of the naysayers. 
this was just one of those things. It was just a bad matchup. Turns out we had a lot of guys injured. And this happens uh, when you transition. When you look at the last two years, you've got the nine-win season, and we all said, you know, this can't happen again. And, and Calipari made a lot of changes. Uh, staff turnover, uh, hit the uh, transfer portal hard, brought a lot of great young men in. And when they were healthy, they were the one of, if not the best team in the country. You know, we saw what they did to Tennessee. We saw uh, what they did on the road uh, to Kansas. Guys just got hurt. So I, I stay optimistic because folks are like, well, you know, uh, uh, Cal's got to make changes. Like, he literally just brought in the first right. unanimous player of the year. Like, he's not just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. The effort is there. So, uh, again, you know, the, the drought the tw since 2015, no Final Four, I get all that. But I don't think it's quite as bad as, as some folks want to lead us uh, to believe. We're still Kentucky. Yeah, you know, after a couple more weeks to kind of digest what's going on, like really looking back, I think I've seen you kind of lay out this picture and several others that like he literally did everything that was asked and it worked. It was working through the middle of the season. You had Kellen Grady, the assassin. Um, yeah. you, had an, you had an attacking point guard, which everyone wanted. Now we're kind of transitioning to like, we want a scoring first point guard might be the only um, difference I would say, but you know, again, right on the not the player of the year and two low key was getting killed, you know, for not bringing Kofi on. And then that obviously now in hindsight was like, I can't, you know, who knows how that situation would have played out. I mean, you're definitely not going to have the national player of the year if um, you know, you would have brought him in. So that, that in hindsight looked genius and, and it, it just didn't work out. And second part, I guess, having all this time to think about it now is that I'm definitely in the camp Terry of like you just have to have your team you know playing well and good in March and then it's got a lot of it's up to chance like I know that sounds weak and especially in the Calipari era but like I put this you know out today it's like every year we have a, a title contending team Kentucky has never opened the season under John Calipari in 12 years or whatever in the majority of the um, national media not at least saying Kentucky can contend for a title we know most years it's like unanimously you know ranked too high um and you right. know, every, everybody's picking them so so that being said like it's just so hard for me and you can go year after year after year and I know it's what if this and what if that but a ball bounces one way literally they go to the final four again in 2019 so there's just so much you can say and I've always been a big Calipari guy but the more I digest it, the more, you know, that picture becomes clear. And the dude's working right now. I mean, he is definitely um, not packing it in. I mean, he is. <laughs> I, he I is see him all over the up. place, man. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's, he's burning it Yeah, the strategy, I think, from everywhere um, um, is, is just fluid. And he, he's ready to get rolling this season. So we can wrap it up with dad jokes, bro. I'll let you go first. I appreciate it. Terry Brown, Cats Talk Wednesday. Make sure you check it out on Wednesdays or, or any day, really. Check it out on the podcast, Cats Talk Wednesday with Vinny Hardy. But please uh, round us out with some dad joke. What does a sprinter eat before a race? What? Nothing. They fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they fast. Nothing, nothing. They fast. Oh, I was kind of nervous because I didn't have one ready. And then I remembered I'm, I'm getting better about like kind of throughout the week, screenshotting some if I see them. So I have like – um one that I found funny. All right, here we go. Damn it, I just burned my Hawaiian pizza. Maybe I should have cooked it on an aloha temperature. 
I'll I'll go with that one. I will go with that one. I think I had I had another good one. I couldn't find it though. So I'll I'll save it for next week or or next time. So Terry, you're the man. I appreciate it. I really do mean that. You're like the soul of the BBN. I think that um a lot of people use you as a a rational but but funny and, and charismatic uh sounding board. So I know I speak for all the BBN when I say we appreciate what what you bring to the family and you're always welcome on the Kentucky Dad podcast. That's right. What can Browns do for you, man? Yeah, Browns exactly. got you covered. Oh, we really super, super fast before we wrap it up. I, I think you've told me this. I was trying to find. It's very few, if any, Browns have ever played basketball for Kentucky, right? According to BigBlueHistory.net, it's just Dale Brown in 93. Wow, we got to change that. Which I just find statistically weird. I mean, yeah. we've had more Washington juniors than we've had Browns play for, for Kentucky. That is just – it seems weird to only have one in 120 years. Yeah, because you're talking Smith, Williams, Jones, yes. and then you're getting to Browns. I mean, we're talking probably top, you know, five, definitely top ten last name. But Oh, yeah, it's what? number five uh, common uh, surname Brown is. Yes, that's a story for another day. Again, Terry yes, Brown, sir. we appreciate you, and uh, we will talk next time on the Kentucky Dad Podcast.